This is a messianic study of the book of Romans. It's given in a midrashic setting, which is audience participation. It was given during the months of June through August 2008. The discussion leader is John Behrens. He's pastor of Restoration Messianic Fellowship. You can reach our website at www.crimsonthread.com. There you can find this study in its entirety as well as other resources for your messianic study of the scriptures. This discussion has been edited and a number of the comments have been either truncated or removed for clarity and continuity. Chapter 13. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those who exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. All right, so what authorities are we talking about here? What you said is correct so far. We're talking about the leadership of the synagogue. We are talking about the synagogue. And as we read a list of things that happen here, one of the things that you need to understand is some historical context. Remember when we started this study, we said that the Jews were a religio licita, which means an authorized religion. They were authorized within their communities to enforce discipline. They were authorized within their communities to collect taxes. They were authorized within their community to punish. Remember Paul, when he goes into synagogues throughout Asia Minor, occasionally gets beaten? Okay, That was perfectly legal. The synagogue had the authority to do that. So again, what I'm asserting here is that this is all in the context of the synagogue and it is not talking about secular government at all. Of course it is. Because most of the Sunday church takes this to mean that you can't rebel against the established secular government. Well, if that's the case, then 1776 and before was a major disconnect. And all of those guys knew the Bible. And they were mostly pretty darn devout. Okay. And yet they came to the point where they decided we're going to rebel against the secular government, the king. How did they justify that? I don't know. But what I'm saying is Romans doesn't mean what most people think it means. This is talking in the context of a synagogue in first century Rome, which could punish physically and... and, and you know, administratively, if you will. It could levy fines. It could collect taxes. Okay. By the way, if you have any question on that, look up synagogue and taxes in the Jewish Encyclopedia. Okay. You can Google it. And they had authority to collect taxes. So what I'm suggesting to you is Paul has not talked about secular government anywhere in this letter up until right now. Okay. There is no background here to say that he's talking about secular government. Nowhere in the letter. So to suggest that all of a sudden he's now changing gears and talking about secular government when what he's writing about is conflict within the synagogue doesn't make any sense. 
understand that so it makes sense to you? And then if you have the historical background and understand that the synagogue, in fact, was a government entity in a sense, then it changes the whole flavor of this. This and that's why Yeshua could be brought up to a court in the synagogue. Yes. Was because they had power over their own and their behavior of their own. Yes. But not to, to, to the death, but they did have power to arrest him and to punish him. Lacking having power of the death was a, as I understand it, was not general in the empire. It was local with a, a, a Roman governor. In other words, the Roman governor could could adjust how much authority a synagogue had. Okay. And, and again, that's one of the reasons when they're trying Yeshua and they're dealing with Yeshua. Remember we talked about earlier the, the business of the Son of God. Okay. One of the reasons that Yeshua spooked the synagogue or the, the temple structure in Israel is because his disciples are calling him the Son of God. Well, that's a title of the emperor. And so if you got a Jew wandering around teaching saying he is the son of God, what are the Roman authorities going to think? Whoa, they're fixing to take a run at us. There's fixing to be a rebellion here. And so the, 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 the temple structure says, we got to corral this guy and we got to stop him from doing that. Otherwise, the Romans are going to come in here and they are going to take our place. Remember? And that's the thing, I mean, certainly they're upset about the religious implications, but they are really upset about the thought that this guy is pre preaching sedition. If he says he's the son of God, then that goes against what the emperor says he is. Okay, so this is all political. And what I'm saying to you is that Romans chapter 13 doesn't mean what you've to been told it means that under no circumstances can you disobey the civil government. And preachers today tap dance all around that. Well, you can't, you've got to obey them unless they go against the word of God. Well, you know, all these tap dancey things that people do to justify, for example, our own history where we rebelled and to justify your behavior in the face of a secular government who is doing wickedness, which they do. Okay, so that, so you're a preacher, and you got to say, well, that thing the secular government here is doing is wicked. But Romans here says that you got to obey it. What do you do? Well, what we'll do is we'll say that if it goes directly against the work of God, you don't have to obey it. With this understanding of Romans, it's not a problem. There's no moral or philosophical problem here opposing a secular government who has gone astray. You understand what I'm saying? In fact, it's your duty. If you don't believe that, read Thomas Jefferson. If you don't believe that, read Paul. If you don't believe that, read Yeshua. Read scriptures. Yeah. They were commanded not to preach the name of Messiah Yeshua anymore, and they said we'd rather obey God than men. Were they going against these powers at that point? Yes. Yes. The question was, good question. The question was, when Peter and the disciples were instructed by the temple hierarchy not to preach in the name of Yeshua, and they said, nope, 
we're going to do what we have to do. Were they going against this stricture? Absolutely. And so what I, the other thing I'm suggesting is this is written in context. He's talking to Gentiles who have come into the synagogue and they're swaggering around and doing all sorts of stuff, full of the Holy Spirit, and Paul is saying, hey guys, that synagogue's got authority. You need to respect it. Okay? I do, I do not, by the way, see this as a general prohibition against, against going against every authority. Okay? Either secular or religious. Because we have theological debates all the time. Quick aside yeah. here, uh, as, as it relates to our, our own situation and our own government, our Constitution is set forth honoring God's, God's creation and where we are within that creation. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know what, what your lawful duty is there, our political leaders are sworn to uphold our Constitution. If they are not doing that, you have every right and every responsibility to get them out of office because our highest duty is to the Constitution of our land, which is based on Scripture. Yeah, I, I, that's that's where you divide that one out when you start worrying about all this other malarkey that's going on within our own country right now. Yeah, I would divide that. I would say that's slightly different, but same idea. Our highest secular authority, as you say, is to the Constitution, yes. but Scripture goes above that. And the fact that the Constitution is soundly based in Scripture is wonderful, but it doesn't supersede. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't think you had any problem with that. I just want to make say it that way. Where are we here? Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists God, what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. And, and that should, by the way, just go ding, ding, ding at you. Who defines good conduct? God does. Do secular governments very often do things that are not good conduct, as you read in the scriptures? Absolutely. Do they, in fact, go against good conduct? Absolutely. So they will pass laws that will make it illegal for you to do good things, as defined by Scripture. And, and it's going on in Canada right now, going on in the United States too, but not quite so virulently yet. There are laws that say you cannot preach something that makes a Muslim uncomfortable. You cannot preach something that makes a homosexual uncomfortable. There are laws in Canada that say you can't do that. And if you do that as a preacher, you will be hauled up to court. That same point in Colorado, Joe. I understand. Yeah. But, but that, that, one, that one was just, it was basically strangling the preacher. But I mean, it's there. It's not enforced because they, they, they want to let it be on the books for a while. So they say, see, there's no problem. Yeah. But, but, but again, the, the, the whole point of this little riff here is when he says that the magistrate is not a terror to those who do good, you need to understand Paul's context of what good is. Torah. Scripture. And we have secular governments all the time that pass laws that punish doing good. For a negative consequence, if you stood for something that was good, is that... Well, I'm just, you know, thinking from Saturday with Pincus and 
you know what? Yeah. Even though that situation was different, there was still he acted against a challenge to authority or so. Um, yeah, Pincus is outside of what we're talking about here. That's the law of the zealot, okay? And that's a whole, what he's done is he has basically stepped outside of the legal system. And the only thing that he's got supporting him at the end of the day is that God ratified it and God told Moses that's good. Okay, but he stepped out of the system entirely. And, that, and that's, that's a whole different ball game. We're not talking about zealotry here. It, because that, that's the problem with a zealot is that by definition a zealot steps out of and does something that is completely unsupported by the legal structure either in the synagogue or in the secular world and, and, and that's why it's a, it's a special case and it, it take, basically it takes God to ratify what he did because there's nothing in the you know, legal system is established that supports him. Yeah? Just real quick, when we said the good works, it took me back to when Yeshua said, why do you call me good? Nobody is good but God. But it so just makes me think more godly here rather than secular. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the comment was that when you think of good works, it takes you back to Yeshua who says, why do you call me good? None is good but God. Well, so when you think of good in this context, you're talking about godly things. I, I agree with that. And, and I think Paul would say the same thing. Okay? That's Paul's context. That's his frame of reference. He's not, he is specifically not saying legal or illegal. He is saying good. Okay? Big difference. Often legal and illegal match up with good and bad, but not always. Yeah, let's do it three and a half. Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. If you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a, the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. So again, he is talking in all cases here, conscience, God, Torah. He is not talking about statute, legal stuff in, in the Roman context. Okay, God has got statutes too, but it, but he's not talking about that in the Roman context. Who uh, in for for he? Who is he? He is basically the ruler of the synagogue. The leader of the synagogue. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or those who are appointed by the legal, the or the head of the synagogue okay. to handle things. In other words, typically the, 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 hand, the head of the synagogue isn't the one that actually beats people. He gets some healthy young buck Jew and he does it. Verse 6, for the same reason you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And that's, by the way, why I led this riff with the statement that the synagogue collects taxes because when you hit taxes you start thinking government right huh yeah and 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 I'm, and I'm suggesting that that's one of the reasons for this well I mean I think there's two reasons for the for the problem is is, is you read this without understanding the historical context you think taxes government you don't think taxes synagogue 
it, it, and, and don't get me wrong, the synagogue did collect taxes for Caesar, but it went through the synagogue. Okay? And anyway, when you, when you look at this without understanding the historical context, you know, you just plain old garden variety Sunday believer who hasn't studied this, and you sit down and read it, and you say, taxes, you think government. Okay, so we're talking about here government, as in secular. And I'm suggesting to you that's not what's being talked about at all. Now, the second thing is I will gently suggest to you that that misunderstanding is purposeful. Because what it does is it takes Christians out of the, out of the political game. And so I'm suggesting that that misinterpretation that most people have is, in fact, not an accident. And, and again, when you have a country like ours that is founded on biblical principles, and you have very early on in our history uh, an intertwining of church and state, it's natural for that misunderstanding to gain currency. Okay? But I'm suggesting it's perpetuated for satanic reasons. <coughs> 